This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's off air with Julie Stewart Banks on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everyone, I'm Julie Stewart Banks, and welcome to Off Air for Bet Rivers, the show that begins when the red light goes off. Now, the last few weeks, we've talked a lot of football, unsurprisingly, with the kickoff of college and NFL seasons. But as a hockey fan and player, I mean, I'm just really a pylon. I really wanted to dive deeper into the newly created Professional Women's Hockey League. Now, recently, the PWHL was created, which features three teams in Canada, three teams in the U.S., and this is a huge step for women's professional hockey as there really hasn't been a sustainable, unified league for women to play professionally in for years or really ever, depending on who you talk to. Now, since being officially announced in August, it has been a quick turnaround. Free agency happened at the beginning of September, and then on the 18th of September, the PWHL held a nationally televised draft, the first of its kind. Everything about this is such a huge deal, and today we're going to learn more about it with one of the league's stars, who I am very pleased to welcome on, Renata Fast, Canadian Olympic hockey gold medalist, first player signed to to the newly formed Toronto team in the PWHL. Renata, thank you so much for joining us. I, I'm Congratulations on everything. <laughs> Thanks so much, Julie. I'm excited to be here, excited to talk about everything that's happening in the women's game because, like you said, it's historic and it's really exciting for our sport. Yeah, so take me through. I mean, the last couple of weeks and months have got to have been just a bit of a whirlwind. You're the first player signed to this new league, and then you experience the draft. What have the emotions been like surrounding it? It's been a little bit of a roller coaster, to be honest, but I'd say most of the emotions have been excitement. Um, to, to think that we've gone to this point, uh, it took a long time. It took generations of hockey players before us who have fought to grow the game. Um, and to see it actually come together, uh, it's just very rewarding. Um, and then ultimately being able to sign in my, technically my hometown, Toronto, I'm just from down the street in Burlington. Um, I'm so honored to have that, that opportunity. Uh, it's just been such an incredible couple weeks. The draft yesterday was, uh, so special to see players and their families celebrate being announced. So, uh, just a lot of emotions, but a lot of excitement for for what's to come and for the future of our game. And looking at Toronto, it and and you know, call me out on this, but it feels a little bit like Team Canada. <laughs> well, a little bit. I mean, it's hard when you have Gina Kingsbury at the helm of it all, who is so well versed with all the Canadian players. Um, but I also there was a lot of Canadian talent in the draft overall, like not just even national team players. There was there was a lot of Canadian players. A lot of Canadians went off the table early. Um, but yeah, that familiarity with Gina Kingsbury and Troy Ryan um, from the national team uh, definitely makes things a little bit easier for all of us because we know what to expect. We know the culture that they want to create. But um, yeah, I'm not going to complain about that Team Canada feel <laughs> that we have. <laughs> 
I found it interesting when we look at women's hockey, it's kind of usually been a lot of USA, Canada talk. Um, but there were people that were drafted from different nations and emotional interviews given from people all over the world. So I, I find this interesting. Like, in what way is the PWHL, do you think, going to be unique from every other league that has tried and and failed in the past to bring women's professional hockey to North America. Yeah, that's that's one of the coolest things about um, this league is that the goal is to have every best player in the entire world playing in this league because that's what you want. That's You want all the best talent. It grows the game internationally. It grows uh, players' abilities all together to be able to practice with one another every single day. So um, the ultimate goal is to get all the top players in one league. And that's something that we haven't been able to do. And it's largely due to the fact that the foundation of the league wasn't in place to, to be able to bring over players from, from Europe and for them to move all the way to North America without uh, the financial support that they could do it. That's, that's really challenging. But now we're in a place where the structure of the league is built in a way that um, players can come in, just focus on hockey. Um, they're able to relocate. There's assistance with relocating Um Teams are going to help players get work visas. So there's so many things in place that just weren't possible with previous leagues, but now they're here and it's set up for the best players in the world. doesn't matter if you're from Finland, doesn't matter if you're from the U.S. or Canada. We want you playing in this league because ultimately we want the best players. And knowing just what it's been like in the past, um, you know, lack of resources or lack of funding and and seeing that what you just mentioned, like being able to, to have – clubs being able to bring these players over, get them work visas, even seeing, you know, on Twitter when you were announced as signing a three-year deal, like it feels so big for me watching it as an outsider, like, oh my gosh, this is being, this is like the, this is the NHL for women. Like this is if women were running the world finally. And so (laughs) what is it like for you to actually see like, oh my gosh, we're going to have, funding coming in and wow, I, I have like player cards and like people are buying my jerseys and like all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it, that's so cool to think about. And it took a while for it to actually sink in that, like the magnitude of, of this moment in this league. Um, but a moment that it really sunk in is the night before the draft. So I guess it would have been Sunday night. Yep. Sunday night, Jaina Hefford, she sent um, an email to everyone who was draft eligible with a PDF. And it was just a letter from her, kind of stating about like how historic this day will be and to enjoy the moment. But what I really loved is just how she talked about how everyone has different paths to get to this point. Some girls might have played in previous leagues. Some players might be coming from university. Everyone has a different story, a different path, but we're moving forward together as one. Um, And that was just like a moment that it really sunk in that it was like, we are, and it's not even just the current players. It's those previous players. And, you know, like Vicky Sanahara, she was at the draft and obviously a legend and someone we all looked up to, like when she announced a draft pick at the draft, she was saying like, this is a dream come true for us. Like we wish we were being drafted, but like to be able to see it come together is um, a dream come true. So it took a while for it to kind of sink in the magnitude of how big this is. But like you said, it's, it's equivalent to the NHL, but on the women's side, like that draft yesterday, like that, that was a special moment for, for everyone involved. And um, it's just really exciting to think of where this league can grow to um, with the foundation and the backing that we have. 
Right. That has got to be so special to know that you're part of history and then just part of history in the making. And I think that that is also something just relating it to the U.S. women's national team and how they hearing from, um, you know, some of the 1999ers that won the World Cup, how they've seen the team grow. And they said, wow, we're so so happy that that they've been able to create something of this magnitude. And so I can imagine that's kind of a similar vibe with some of the older players that no longer play anymore, but watching the draft yesterday. And we've seen even just this year alone, like the NWSL and the WNBA, you know, ratings skyrocketing, the interest, the involvement, the exposure being huge with women's sports. If you were to sort of try to think of the PWHL in 10 years' time, where do you think it would ideally be and what would it look like? Yeah, that's that's actually one of the things I'm most excited for. I'm going to say probably 10 years down the road, I likely won't be playing in the league. <laughs> um, but I'm so excited to to have the opportunity to watch this league grow for years to come. Um, and when I think about it in 10 years, I think it it being just like a – like so much visibility and and similar to the NHL and the fact that like everyone knows what night the teams are playing. They know where they're playing. They know how to watch them. And that's a barrier we've had for a long time. And and to think in 10 years from now, like I hope that the sport and this league is at a point where um, it's playing at prime times um, and, and everyone knows like exactly who, who the teams are, who the players are, um, and it's something that's really heavily followed to the point where it's just just a part of society, similar to like the mm-hmm. pro the pro men's sports. So, I mean, we've seen the like you mentioned the NWSL and the WNBA how much they've grown, and um, I think with the backing that we're starting with, we have the opportunity to grow at a faster rate than those leagues were capable of growing, just because of also the legwork they've done to help us. Um, they've helped grow women's sports so much. So it's, uh, it's exciting to see where this league can take off to. Um, and honestly, like the sky's the sky's the limit with, with what's in place right now to grow. I got to ask you, do you know what your team name is? No, I don't like, I want to know so badly, (laughs) but we, yeah, we have no idea any of the branding or the team names. And, um, I think a lot of us thought like, Oh, maybe the draft, like it'll be all revealed as players, like get their names, get called up and, and the team has a Jersey available for them to put on. But, um, it wasn't, it wasn't ready. And, but when you think about it, like, I mean, it takes a long time to build like a brand and to do it properly and to get the proper, like patents and whatever you need. So like, at the end of the day, if in year one, like the team names and stuff aren't ready or like, like at you the end of the day, change them, right? Like Phoenix future, and Arizona. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's for, I mean, the league's for the future. So like, I'd, I'd rather the branding be done at a really high level and not rushed. So, although I really want to know what the team name is. <laughs> I'm so yeah. And curious. the colors, the colors. I'm, super, I'm wondering like if you guys will align with like the the leaps i've heard mixed things like some some people are like oh like like i don't think that they should be the same color the leaves they need to separate but i mm. i really i really want to be blue and white because that that's hockey in toronto when you think of hockey in toronto you think blue and white the leaves and like yeah yeah we're the women's side of the game but i i think that's a special color it, it means a lot to me that blue and white i'd love to wear it because i grew up as a leafs fan i grew up just just down the QEW. And if I had the opportunity to wear those colors, like I, I think that would be pretty cool. I'm just curious, like, have you seen any support from any N- NHL players? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we actually in the summer we train with with a hand a handful of them at the gym, and Mitch Marner is one of them. Um, Sorelli's another one. Uh, Taylor Radish. So we we actually like they they were so interested all summer of hearing like what what's the plan? Like how's the league going to work? Where are you guys going to be playing out of and things like that? So um, just personally from from the connection at at the gym, we train out with a bunch of the girls. Like you know we know those guys are supporting us and and they're following along to what's happened and something that's cool is I find like when you get to this level and um, that your male counterparts that are playing in the NHL are playing at a similar level. Like they're super respectful of our game and um, they want to see our game succeed as well. So um, yeah, definitely support from players. And I know like once we get into season, I'm sure there will be support from more NHL clubs and hopefully alignment between like the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Toronto mm-hmm. team, the senators and the Ottawa team. So I'm sure there will be some some alignment there and some support and um, that that will be so important for for helping these franchises grow. For most women like playing hockey, you guys would have other jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Outside. Yep. So like any non-national team player on Team Canada or Team USA, like those girls all have full time jobs or like pretty substantial work that they do on the side to support themselves. Um, the national team players, there's additional funding from your national team. So, so we're able to train, focus a little bit more on our training. Um, I'd say almost every player does things on the side, whether it's a little bit of coaching or, um, a lot of players have sponsors and they're doing work with their sponsors or doing public speaking. So, um, there's always things on the go, but those players who aren't on the national team, like they're all, they're teachers, they're nurses, they're, they're working in office jobs, but hopefully, you know, a lot of them now can maybe put that career on the back burner and focus on hockey because they should be able to this next season. Yeah. I mean, balancing both of those things would be uh, insane too. And I'm sure also the women that are moms too, having kids and I don't know how pro athletes have, I don't know how anyone has children and does a job, but how (laughs) pro athletes have kids. It takes a lot of commitment (laughs) to come back. I've been seeing like Natalie Spooner, like mm-hmm. watching her this past year, having Rory um, and then making a comeback for the world championships. And just to see like the sacrifices that she had to make to get there and the challenges that were on her body to do it. And like, it's, it's so inspiring. And I don't think like a lot of people realize really how difficult it is to do to, to have a child and to come back to peak performance. Cause before it, it's kind of challenging. There wasn't like a, a league to really support you in doing that, but hopefully more girls will have children and then come back and play because the pro league is set up in a way that you can be supported through that. Whereas before it was like, there was no support for that. So what was really driving right. you to get back into shape to play, but now there is something. So it'd be great. The last time, you and I spoke was before the Beijing Olympics. And we know that it was a crazy time. Omicron was in the forefront. It was leading the way and really affected the Beijing games. And but Canada won. Um, what is your lasting memory of that unique Olympics? Yeah, that was a crazy time. Like, Holy smokes. Sometimes it doesn't even feel real that that happened. There's just so many hurdles to jump over to make sure that we were all healthy and able to play. But the memory that uh, is the like lasting in my mind, um, like obviously the gold medal and the celebrations, but it was something like just about our group and our team and 
the whole season, we had a really special group of players and so connected and um, everything was for the team, everyone. We were like a big family, like through that COVID year, like we, we couldn't be around our own families. Like we were, we were centralized just together and we really like all came together. But before we went off to the Olympics, um, we, uh, we had a team building session where we had like, we learned a hip hop dance um with an instructor through zoom and like we all like learned the routine and it was so silly like all of us were like laughing our head off as we're doing this because we're not dancers we're hockey players like some girls can have the moves but not everyone like totally out of some people's comfort zone so we're like anyway so we learned this dance it's like it's hilarious we're like we're never going to use this dance ever again and then we get over to the olympics and we're all like so sleep deprived it's like the time change is crazy and we go to the rink for our first skate and we're late. I think we were late to the rink because of the bus system in Beijing and, and whatever. Our first, we're just in the Olympic Village. We're just figuring things out. And um, our strength coach, um, he he's supposed to run our warm up, and he just puts on the song that we learned the dance to, and we all started doing just impromptu, like stood up, and everyone started doing the dance. And then after we finished the dance, like everyone had such high energy because we were just like laughing. Our strength coach was like, "That's the warm up. Like go on the ice for practice." And we were like, "No stretching, nothing. Okay, <laughs> perfect." And it, then it just became like something we did before every game at the Olympics. So before the Olympic wow. final, the biggest games of our life, we're all like doing this like hip hop dance where we're like dancing around and like all in sync. And it just like gave us so much energy. And like that just like that's a memory that sticks out so much because it just goes to show the group of people we had. And, and yeah, the gold medal is what we were going for, but it was the memories to get there that meant so much. So that's just wow. a little kind of a, a weird story, but it was, it meant a lot. and I'll never forget it. <laughs> I remember before you went to the Olympics, you had told me that you guys had practiced in masks mm -hmm. and then the crazy situation happened where you guys <laughs> ended up having to play a game wearing masks. And okay, first and foremost, that's the most badass thing I've ever seen in my life. You guys played mm -hmm. an Olympic hockey game wearing a mask. I don't think anyone could even skate a shift without a mask on, let alone wearing it. And people complain about wearing a mask. You guys did it in a, an Olympic hockey game. So I was like, there we go. Obviously the Canadian women did this. <laughs> what? Like, what was that like? How how difficult was that? Uh, honestly, that's one of the wildest things ever to think that we played an Olympic game at like with a mask on. Like that's crazy talk. But anyways, um, yeah, it was challenging for sure. But I would say, like I said, we practiced with it. So like we were used to it and we all had like this little like insert that you could put like in the mask. It was like a plastic thing. Oh. It's almost like a muzzle. Anyways, and it sat like underneath the mask. So it kept the mask from like sucking into your face. So like okay. you still had the mask on, but like, you know, when like you're, you were wearing those masks and like, of you, course. and you were breathing heavy and like, it was just like suffocating you pretty much. The, I was wondering that I watched, I was like, they're not even moving. They're not adjusting the mask, not taking their helmet off. Like nothing was, was like, they're per the mask is perfectly on <laughs> and not moving at all. It was like this yeah. magic. Before you go, what is something that I haven't asked you or that you want to mention about the new league, about women's hockey that uh, you feel is important that you want people to know? Well, I've touched on it a little bit before, but I just don't think like it can be looked past of the work 
um, that was put in to get to this point. And, and I mentioned that it's the generations before us and the people that we looked up to, like they're a huge part of this historic moment um, because it, it, it really wouldn't be possible. But um, in particular, like these last four years, like after the Canadian Women's Hockey League folded and, you know, there was that crossroad of do we join the National Women's Hockey League at the time? Like, um, and the how cool it was to have like, 150 of the top players in the world like make a stance together to be like we were fighting to create something that's going to be like bigger and better like like nothing that's ever been created before in our sport and it's going to be for the future of the game like I just think like that is something that's so cool um it took four years to actually see it out and that's hard to keep people on board for four years a group of 100 people on board for four (laughs) years but um, yeah, it's just it's just so special to see where we are. And it truly is a player driven league. So just really excited about the future of it and, and everything that's to come and to watch it grow, like I said, for for years and years to come. Well, Renata, thank you so much for joining us here today. It's so exciting, your new journey that you get to go on with the PWHL and being a part of history and being with Toronto, which maybe they might be called the Toronto CN Towers. How would you feel about Ooh, that? The sh- Toronto CN Towers. Oh, we'll see. Maybe. Actually, you know what? I said, I had a, someone asked me, the Maple Leafs asked me during playoffs last year, what would you name the future women's and uh, women's pro team in Toronto? I said, the Toronto Towers. So we're pretty close. We're pretty close. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> the Toronto Towers. That sounds like, you know, you've got some... Like that sounds like a defenseman right there that would yeah. say that, you I know, think that's going to be the name, but it's the first thing that came to my yeah, I mind. Guess <laughs> that's the first thing. I love that. Yeah. Okay. But I think you're, there might likely be a CN tower on that Jersey at some point, if they're the towers, yeah, very curious. So. There's so many, there's so, so many wonderful Toronto establishments that could, po- it could possibly be about, and it probably won't even be about any of them because that's what happens in professional sports. Uh, Renata, thank you so much for joining us here today. Good luck this season. Can't wait to see you roll through New York and hit us up because you can come in studio if we're still a show by that point. And <laughs> I will be watching for you on the ice. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. So that was Renata Foss. She is a Olympic gold medalist and an Olympic silver medalist as well. And playing in the PWHL, make sure you guys check out wherever that's going to be on. We're not sure yet, but hopefully it will be nationally televised in the United States and in Canada, of course. And for more content off air, you can follow us on Bet River social accounts, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. And for more episodes, of course, go to YouTube. Bet Rivers, we got everything going on there. And for Off Air, we will see you next time when the red light is off. Thanks for listening to Off Air with the Julie Stewart Banks on the Bet Rivers Network.